This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Becky Crackle, Canal Winchester, Ohio. This is Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. Persons represented. Aeschylus, Prince of Verona. Paris, a young nobleman, kinsman to the prince. Montague and Capulet, heads of two houses at variance with each other. An old man, uncle to Capulet. Romeo, son to Montague. Mercutio, kinsman to the prince and friend to Romeo. Benvolio, nephew to Montague and friend to M Romeo. Tybalt, nephew to Lady Capulet. Friar Lawrence, a Franciscan. Friar John of the same order. Balthazar, servant to Romeo. Samson, servant to Capulet. Gregory, servant to Capulet. Peter, servant to Juliet's nurse. Abraham, servant to Montague. An apothecary. Three musicians. Chorus. Page to Paris. And another page. An officer. Lady Montague, wife to Montague. Lady Capulet, wife to Capulet. Juliet, daughter to Capulet. Nurse to Juliet. Citizens of Verona. Several men and women. Relations to both houses. Maskers, guards, watchmen, and attendants. Scene during the greater part of the play in Verona. Once in the fifth act at Mantua. The Prologue. Enter Chorus. Chorus. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona where we lay our scene, from ancient grudge break to new mutiny, where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. From forth the fatal loins of these two foes, a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life, whose misadventured piteous overthrows doth with their death bury their parents' strife. The fearful passage of their death-marked love, and the continuance of their parents' rage, which but their children's end naught could remove, is now the two hours' traffic of our stage. The which, if you with patient ears attend, what here shall miss, our toil shall strive to mend. Act One, Scene One, A Public Place Enter Samson and Gregory armed with swords and bucklers. Samson. Gregory, on my word, we'll not carry coals. Gregory. No, for then we should be colliers. Samson. I mean, and we be in collar, we'll draw. Gregory. I, while you live, draw your neck out of the collar. Samson. I strike quickly, being moved. Gregory. But thou art not quickly moved to strike. Samson. A dog of the house of Montague moves me. Gregory. To move is to stir. And to be valiant is to stand. Therefore, if thou art moved, thou runst away. Samson. A dog of that house shall move me to stand. I will take the wall of any man or maid of Montague's. Gregory. That shows thee a weak slave, for the weakest goes to the wall. Samson. True, and therefore women, being the weaker vessels, are ever thrust to the wall. Therefore I will push Montague's men from the wall and thrust his maids to the wall. Gregory. 
the quarrel is between our masters and us their men tis all one i will show myself a tyrant when i have fought with the men i will be cruel with the maids i will cut off their heads gregory the heads of the maids samson ay the heads of the maids or their maidenheads take it in what sense thou wilt gregory they must take it in sense that feel it samson me they shall feel while i am able to stand and tis known i am a pretty piece of flesh gregory tis well thou art not fish if thou hatch thou hast been poor john draw thy tool here comes two of the house of montagues samson my naked weapon is out quarrel i will back thee gregory how turn thy back and run samson fear me not gregory no mary i fear thee samson let us take the law of our sides let them begin gregory i will frown as i pass by and let them take it as they list samson nay as they dare i will bite my thumb at them which is disgrace to them if they bear it enter abraham and balthazar abraham do you bite your thumb at us sir samson i do bite my thumb sir abraham do you bite your thumb at us sir samson is the law of our side if i say i gregory no samson no sir i do not bite my thumb at you sir but i bite my thumb sir gregory do you quarrel sir abraham quarrel sir no sir samson but if you do sir i am for you i serve as good a man as you abraham no better samson well sir gregory say better here comes one of my master's kinsmen samson yes better sir abraham you lie samson draw if you be men gregory remember thy swashing blow they fight enter benvolio benvolio part fools put up your swords you know not what you do beats down their swords enter tybalt tybalt what art thou drawn among these heartless hinds turn thee benvolio look upon thy death benvolio i do but keep the peace put up thy sword or manage it to part these men with me tybalt what drawn and talk of peace i hate the word as i hate hell all montagues and thee have at thee coward they fight enter several of both houses who join the fray then enter citizens with clubs one citizen clubs bills and partisans strike beat them down down with the capulets down with the montagues enter capulet in his gown and lady capulet capulet what noise is this give me my long sword ho lady capulet a crutch a crutch why call you for a sword capulet my sword i say old montague has come and flourishes his blade in spite of me enter montague and his lady montague montague thou villain capulet hold me not let me go lady montague thou shalt not stir one foot to seek a foe enter prince with attendants prince rebellious subjects enemies to peace profaners of this neighbor stained steel will they not hear what ho you men you beasts that quench the fire of your pernicious rage with purple fountains issuing from your veins on pain of torture from those bloody hands throw your mistempered weapons to the ground and hear the sentence of your moved prince 
Three civil brawls, bred of an airy word, by thee, old Capulet, and Montague, have thrice disturbed the quiet of our streets, and made Verona's ancient citizens cast by their grave beseeming ornaments, to wield old partisans, in hands as old, cankered with peace, to part your cankered hate. If ever you disturb our streets again, your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace. For this time all the rest depart away. You, Capulet, shall go along with me, and Montague, come you this afternoon, to know our further pleasure in this case, to old Freetown, our common judgment place. Once more, on pain of death, all men depart. Exit, Prince and Attendants, Capulet, Lady Capulet, Tybalt, Citizens and Servants. Montague, who set this ancient quarrel new abroach? Speak, nephew, were you by when it began? Benvolio. Here were the servants of your adversary and yours close fighting ere I did approach. I drew to part them. In the instant came the fiery Tybalt with his sword prepared, which as he breathed defiance to my ears he swung about his head and cut the winds, who, nothing hurt withal, hissed him in scorn. While we were interchanging thrusts and blows, came more and more, and fought on part and part, till the prince came, who parted either part. Lady Montague, oh, where is Romeo? Saw you him to-day? Right glad I am he was not at this fray. Benvolio, madam, an hour before the worshipped sun peered forth the golden window of the east, a troubled mind drave me to walk abroad where underneath the grove of sycamore that westward rooteth from the city's side so early walking did i see your son towards him i made but he was ware of me and stole into the covert of the wood i measuring his affections by my own that most are busied when they're most alone pursued my humour not pursuing his and gladly shunned who gladly fled from me montague Many a morning hath he there been seen, With tears augmenting the fresh morning's dew, Adding to clouds more clouds with his deep sighs. But all so soon as the all-cheering sun Should in the farthest east begin to draw The shady curtains from Aurora's bed, Away from light steals home my heavy sun, And private in his chamber pens himself, Shuts up his windows, Locks fair daylight out, And makes himself an artificial night. Black and portentous must this humor prove, Unless good counsel may the cause remove. Benvolio. My noble uncle, do you know the cause? Montague. I neither know it nor can learn of him. Benvolio. Have you importuned him by any means? Montague. Both by myself and many other friends. But he, his own affection's counselor, is to himself. I will not say how true, but to himself so secret and so close, so far from sounding and discovery, as is the bud bit with an envious worm ere he can spread his sweet leaves to the air, or dedicate his beauty to the sun. Could we but learn from whence his sorrows grow, we would as willingly give cure as no. Benvolio, see, here he comes, so please you step aside, I'll know his grievance or be much denied. Montague, I would thou wert so happy by thy stay to hear true shrift. Come, madam, let's away. Exit Montague and lady. Enter Romeo. Benvolio. Good morrow, cousin. 
Romeo, is the day so young? Benvolio, but new struck nine. Romeo, ay me, sad hours seem long. Was that my father that went hence so fast? Benvolio, it was. What sadness lengthens Romeo's hours? Romeo, not having that which having makes them short. Benvolio, in love? Romeo, out. Benvolio, of love? Romeo, out of her favor where I am in love. Benvolio, alas, that love so gentle in his view should be so tyrannous and rough in proof. Romeo, alas, that love whose view is muffled still should without eyes see pathways to his will. Where shall we dine? Oh, me! What fray was here? Yet tell me not, for I have heard it all. Here's much to do with hate, but more with love. Why, then, O oh, brawling love, O oh, loving hate, O oh, anything of nothing first create, O oh, heavy lightness, serious vanity, misshapen chaos of well-seeming forms, feather of lead, bright smoke, cold fire, sick health, still waking sleep, that is not what it is. This love fill I, that feel no love in this. Dost thou not laugh? Benvolio, no cause, I rather weep. Romeo, good heart at what? Benvolio, at thy good heart's oppression. Romeo, why such is love's transgression? Griefs of mine own lie heavy in my breast, which thou wilt propagate to have it pressed with more of thine. This love that thou hast shown doth add more grief to too much of mine own. Love is a smoke raised with the fume of sighs, being purged, a fire sparkling in lovers' eyes, being vexed, a sea nourished with lovers' tears. What is it else? A madness most discreet, a choking gall, and a preserving sweet. Farewell, my coz. Going. Benvolio. Soft, I will go along, and if you leave me so, you do me wrong. Romeo. Tut, I have lost myself. I am not here. This is not Romeo, he's some other where. Benvolio, tell me in sadness who is that you love. Romeo, what, shall I groan and tell thee? Benvolio, groan, why no, but sadly tell me who. Romeo, bid a sick man in sadness make his will. Ah, word ill urged to one that is so ill. In sadness, cousin, I do love a woman. Benvolio, I aimed so near when I supposed you loved. Romeo, a right good markman, and she's fair, I love. Benvolio, a right fair mark, fair cuz, is soonest hit. Romeo, well, in that hit you miss. She'll not be hit with Cupid's arrow. She hath Diane's wit, and in strong proof of chastity well armed, from love's weak childish bow she lives unharmed. She will not stay the siege of loving terms, nor bide the encounter of assailing eyes, nor ope her lap to saint-seducing gold. Oh, she's rich in beauty, only poor that when she dies, with beauty dies her store. Benvolio, then she hath sworn that she will still live chaste? Romeo, she hath, and in that sparing makes huge waste. 
for beauty starved with her severity cuts beauty off from all posterity she is too fair too wise wisely too fair to merit bliss by making me despair she hath forsworn to love and in that vow do i live dead that live to tell it now benvolio be ruled by me forget to think of her romeo oh teach me how i should forget to think benvolio by giving liberty unto thine eyes examine other beauties romeo tis the way to call hers exquisite in question more these happy masks that kiss fair ladies brows being black puts us in mind they hide the fair he that is struck and blind cannot forget the precious treasure of his eyesight lost show me a mistress that is passing fair what doth her beauty serve but as a note where i may read who passed that passing fair farewell thou canst not teach me to forget benvolio i'll pay that doctrine or else die in debt exit end of scene one scene two a street enter capulet paris and servant capulet but montague is bound as well as i in penalty alike and tis not hard i think for men so old as we to keep the peace paris of honorable reckoning are you both and pity tis you lived at odds so long but now my lord what say you to my suit capulet but saying o'er what i have said before my child is yet a stranger in the world she hath not seen the change of fourteen years let two more summers wither in their pride ere we may think her ripe to be a bride paris younger than she our happy mothers made capulet and too soon marred are those so early made the earth hath swallowed all my hopes but she she is the hopeful lady of my earth but woo her gentle paris get her heart my will to her consent is but a part and she agree within her scope of choice lies my consent and fair according voice this night i hold an old accustomed feast whereto i have invited many a guest such as i love and you among the store one more most welcome makes my number more at my poor house look to behold this night earth-treading stars that make dark heaven light such comfort as do lusty young men feel when well-apparelled april on the heel of limping winter treads even such delight among fresh female buds shall you this night inherit at my house hear all all see and like her most whose merit most shall be which among view of many mine being one may stand in number though in reckoning none come go with me go sirrah trudge about through fair verona find those persons out whose names are written there gives a paper and to them say my house and welcome on their pleasure stay exit capulet and paris servant find them out whose names are written here it is written that the shoemaker should meddle with his yard and the tailor with his last the fisher with his pencil and the painter with his nets but i am sent to find those persons whose names are here writ and can never find what names the writing person hath here writ i must to the learned in good time 
Enter Benvolio and Romeo. Benvolio. Tot man, one fire burns out another's burning. One pain is lessened by another's anguish. Turn giddy and be halp by backward turning. One desperate grief cures with another's languish. Take thou some new infection to thy eye, and the rank poison of the old will die. Romeo, your plantain leaf is excellent for that. Benvolio, for what, I pray thee? Romeo, for your broken shin. Benvolio, why, Romeo, art thou mad? Romeo, not mad, but bound more than a madman is. Shut up in prison, kept without my food, whipped and tormented in... Good then, good fellow. Servant, God give good then. I pray, sir, can you read? Romeo, I, mine own fortune in my misery. Servant, perhaps you have learned it without book. But I pray, can you read anything you see? Romeo, I, if I know the letters and the language. Servant, ye say honestly, rest you merry. Romeo, stay, fellow, I can read. Reads, Signor Martino and his wife and daughters, County Anselmo and his beauteous sisters, the lady widow of Vitruvio, Signor Placentio and his lovely nieces, Mercutio and his brother Valentine, mine uncle Capulet, his wife and daughters, my fair niece Rosaline, Livia, Signor Valentio and his cousin Tybalt, Lucio and the lively Helena. A fair assembly, gives back the paper. Whither should they come? Servant, up. Romeo, whither? Servant, to supper, to our house. Romeo, whose house? Servant, my master's. Romeo, indeed, I should have asked you that before. Servant, now I'll tell you without asking. My master is the great rich Capulet. And if you be not of the house of Montagues, I pray, come and crush a cup of wine. Rest you merry. Exit. Benvolio. At this same ancient feast of Capulet sups the fair Rosaline, whom thou so lovest, with all the admired beauties of Arona. Go thither, and with unattainted eye compare her face with some that I shall show, and I will make thee think thy swan a crow. Romeo, when the devout religion of mine eye maintained such falsehood, then turned tears to fires, and these, who often drowned, could never die, transparent heretics, be burnt for liars. One fairer than my love? The all-seeing sun never saw her match since first the world begun. Benvolio, tut, you saw her fair, none else being by, herself poised with herself in either eye. But in that crystal scales let there be weighed your lady's love against some other maid that I will show you shining at this feast, and she shall scant show well that now shows best. Romeo, I'll go along, no such sight to be shown, but to rejoice in splendor of mine own. Exit. Scene three, room in Capulet's house. Enter Lady Capulet and nurse. Lady Capulet, Nurse, where's my daughter? Call her forth to me. Nurse, by my maidenhead, at twelve-year-old I bade her come. What, lamb, what, ladybird, God forbid, where's this girl? What, Juliet? Enter Juliet. 
Juliet, how now, who calls? Nurse, your mother. Juliet, madam, I am here. What is your will? Lady Capulet, this is the matter. Nurse, give leave a while. We must talk in secret. Nurse, come back again. I have remembered me. Thou's here our counsel. Thou knowest my daughters of a pretty age. Nurse, faith, I can tell her age unto an hour. Lady Capulet, she's not fourteen. Nurse, I'll lay fourteen of my teeth, and yet to my teen be it spoken, I have but four. She is not fourteen. How long is it now to Lammas tide? Lady Capulet, a fortnight and odd days. Nurse, even or odd, of all the days in the year, come Lammas Eve at night shall she be fourteen. Susan and she, God rest all Christian souls, were of an age. Well, Susan is with God. She was too good for me. But, as I said, on Lammas Eve at night shall she be fourteen. That shall she marry. I remember it well. Tis since the earthquake now eleven years. And she was weaned. I never shall forget it. Of all the days of the year, upon that day, for I had then laid wormwood to my dug, sitting in the sun under the dove-house wall, my lord and you were then at Mantua. Nay, I do bear a brain. But as I said, when it did taste the wormwood on the nipple of my dug, and felt it bitter, pretty fool, to see it touchy and fall out with the dug, shake, quoth the dove-house, "'Twas no need, I trow, to bid me trudge, "'and since that time it is eleven years. "'For then she could stand alone. "'Nay, by the rood she could have run and waddled all about, "'for even the day before she broke her brow. "'And then my husband, God be with his soul, "'he was a merry man, took up the child. "'Yea,' quoth he, "'dost thou fall upon thy face? "'Thou wilt fall backward when thou hast more wit. "'Wilt thou not, Jewel?' And by my holidame, the pretty wretch left crying, and said, I, to see now how a jest shall come about, I warrant, and I should live a thousand years, and, and never should forget it. Wilt thou not, Jewel, quoth he, and pretty fool, it stinted, and said, I, Lady Capulet, enough of this, I pray thee, hold thy peace. Nurse, yes, madam. Yet I cannot choose but laugh to think it should leave crying and say, I, and yet I warrant it had upon its brow a bump as big as a young cockerel stone, a parlous knock, and it cried bitterly, Yea, quoth my husband, false upon thy face, thou wilt fall backward when thou comest to age, wilt thou not, Jewel? It stinted and said, I, Juliet, and stint thou too, I pray thee, nurse, say I, nurse, peace, I have done. God mark thee to his grace. Thou wast the prettiest babe that e'er I nursed, and I might live to see thee married once, I have my wish. Lady Capulet, Mary. That Mary is the very theme I came to talk of. Tell me, daughter Juliet, how stands your disposition to be married? Juliet, it is an honor that I dream not of. Nurse, an honor... Were not I thine only nurse, I would say thou hadst sucked wisdom from thy teat. Lady Capulet, well think of marriage now. Younger than you, here in Verona, ladies of esteem, are made already mothers. By my count I was your mother much upon these years, that you are now a maid. Thus then, in brief, the valiant Paris seeks you for his love. Nurse, a man, young lady, lady, such a man as all the world. Why, he's a man of wax. Lady Capulet, 
Verona's summer hath not such a flower. Nurse, nay, he's a flower, in faith, a very flower. Lady Capulet, what say you? Can you love the gentleman? This night you shall behold him at our feast. Read o'er the volume of young Paris's face, and find delight writ there with beauty's pen. Examine every married lineament, and see how one another lends content. And what obscured in this fair volume lies, find written in the margent of his eyes. This precious book of love, this unbound lover, to beautify him, only lacks a cover. The fish lives in the sea, and is much pride for fair without the fair within to hide. That book in many's eyes doth share the glory, that in gold clasped locks in the golden story. So shall you share all that he doth possess, by having him, making yourself no less. Nurse, no less, nay bigger, women grow by men. Lady Capulet, speak briefly. Can you like of Paris's love? Juliet, I'll look to like, if looking liking move, but no more deep will I endart mine eye than your consent gives strength to make it fly. Enter a servant. Servant, madam, the guests are come, supper served up, you called, my young lady asked for, the nurse cursed in the pantry, and everything in extremity. I must hence to wait. I beseech you, follow straight. Lady Capulet, we follow thee. Exit servant. Juliet, the county stays. Nurse, go, girl. Seek happy nights to happy days. Exit. Scene four. A street. Enter Romeo, Mercutio, Benvolio, with five or six maskers, torch-bearers, and others. Romeo. What, shall this speech be spoke for our excuse, or shall we on without apology? Benvolio, the date is out of such prolixity, will have no Cupid hoodwinked with a scarf, bearing a tartar's painted bow of lath, scaring the ladies like a crow-keeper, nor no without-book prologue, faintly spoke after the prompter, for our entrance. But let them measure us by what they will, and we'll measure them a measure and be gone. Romeo, give me a torch. I am not for this ambling. Being but heavy, I'll bear the light. Mercutio, nay, gentle Romeo, we must have you dance. Romeo, not I, believe me. You have dancing shoes with nimble soles. I have a soul of lead, so stakes me to the ground I cannot move. Mercutio, you are a lover. Borrow Cupid's wings and soar with them above a common bound. Romeo, I am too sore and pierced with his shaft to soar with his light feathers, and so bound I cannot bound a pitch above dull woe. Under love's heavy burden do I sink. Mercutio, and to sink in it should you burden love, too great oppression for a tender thing. Romeo, is love a tender thing? It is too rough, too rude, too boisterous, and it pricks like thorn. Mercutio, if love be rough with you, be rough with love. Prick love for pricking, and you beat love down. Give me a case to put my visage in. Putting on a mask. A visard for a visard. What care I what curious eye doth quote deformities? Here are the beetle-brows. Shall blush for me. Benvolio, come, knock and enter, and no sooner in but every man betake him to his legs. 
Romeo, a torch for me. Let wantons light of heart tickle the senseless rushes with their heels, for I am proverbed with the grandsire phase. I'll be a candle-holder, and look on. The game was ne'er so fair, and I am done. Mercutio, tut, done's the mouse, the constable's own word. If thou art done, we'll draw thee from the mire of this, sir, reverence, love, wherein thou stickest up to the ears. Come, we burn daylight. Ho! Romeo, nay, that's not so. Mercutio, I mean, sir, in delay, we waste our lights in vain like lamps by day. Take our good meaning, for our judgment sits five times in that air once in our five wits. Romeo, and we mean well in going to this mask, but tis no wit to go. Mercutio, why, may one ask? Romeo, I dreamt a dream to-night. Mercutio, so did I. Romeo, well, what was yours? Mercutio, that dreamers often lie. Romeo, in bed asleep while they do dream things true. Mercutio, oh, then, I see Queen Mab hath been with you. She is the fairy's midwife, and she comes in shape no bigger than an agate stone on the forefinger of an alderman, drawn with a team of little atomies athwart men's noses as they lie asleep. Her wagon spokes made of long spinner's legs, the cover of the wings of grasshoppers, the traces of the smallest spider's web, the collars of the moonshine's watery beams, her whip of cricket's bone, the lash of film, her wagoner a small gray-coated gnat, not half so big as a round little worm pricked from the lazy finger of a maid. Her chariot is an empty hazelnut, made by the joiner squirrel or old grub, time out of mind the fairy's coachmakers. And in this state she gallops night by night through lovers' brains, and then they dream of love, or courtiers' knees that dream on courtesy straight, or lawyers' fingers who straight dream on fees, or ladies' lips who straight on kisses dream, which oft the angry mab with blisters plagues, because their breaths with sweetmeats tainted are. Sometimes she gallops o'er a courtier's nose, and then dreams he of smelling out a suit. And sometimes comes she with a tithe-pig's tail, tickling a parson's nose as he lies asleep. Then dreams he of another benefice. Sometimes she driveth o'er a soldier's neck, and then dreams he of cutting foreign throats, of breeches, ambuscados, Spanish blades, of health's five fathom deep and then anon drums in his ear, at which he starts and wakes, and being thus frightened swears a prayer or two, and sleeps again. This is that very mab that plats the manes of horses in the night, and bakes the elf-locks in foul-sluttish hairs, which once entangled much misfortune bodes. This is the hag, when maids lie on their backs, that presses them, and learns them first to bear, making them women of good carriage, this is she, Romeo, peace, peace, Mercutio, peace, thou talkst of nothing. Mercutio, true, I talk of dreams, which are the children of an idle brain, begot of nothing but vain fantasy, which is as thin of substance as the air, and more inconstant than the wind, who woos even now the frozen bosom of the north, and being angered puffs away from thence, turning his face to the dew-dropping south. Benvolio, 
This wind you talk of blows us from ourselves. Supper is done, and we shall come too late. Romeo, I fear too early, for my mind misgives. Some consequence, yet hanging in the stars, shall bitterly begin this fearful date with this night's revels, and expire the term of a despised life, closed in my breast by some vile forfeit of untimely death. But he that hath the steerage of my course direct my sail. On, lusty gentleman. Benvolio, strike drum. Exit. End of scene four. Scene five. A hall in Capulet's house. Musicians waiting. Enter servants. Servant one. Where's Potpan that he helps not to take away? He shift a trencher. He scrape a trencher. Servant two. When good manners shall lie all in one or two men's hands, and they unwash too, tis a foul thing. Servant one, away with the join stools, remove the court cupboard, look to the plate, good thou, save me a piece of march pane, and as thou lovest me, let the porter let in Susan Grindstone and Nell, Antony and Potpan. Servant two, I boy, ready. Servant one, you are looked for and called for, asked for and sought for in the great chamber. Servant two, we cannot be here and there too. Cheerly boys, be brisk a while, and the longer liver take all. They retire behind. Enter Capulet, etc., with the guests and maskers. Capulet. Welcome, gentlemen, ladies that have their toes unplagued with corns will have a bout with you. Aha, my mistresses, which of you all will now deny to dance? She that makes dainty, she, I'll swear, hath corns. Am I come near you now? Welcome, gentlemen. I have seen the day that I have worn a visard, and could tell a whispering tale in a fair lady's ear, such as would please. Tis gone, tis gone, tis gone. You are welcome, gentlemen. Come, musicians, play. A hall, a hall, give room, and foot it, girls. Music plays, and they dance. More light, you knaves, and turn the tables up and quench the fire, the room has grown too hot. Ah, sirrah, this unlooked-for sport comes well. Nay, sit, nay, sit, good cousin Capulet, for you and I are past our dancing days. How long is it now since last yourself and I were in a mask? Capulet, too, by your lady, thirty years. Capulet, what, man, tis not so much, tis not so much, tis since the nuptial of Lucentio. Come Pentecost as quickly as it will, some five and twenty years, and then we masked. Capulet too. Tis more, tis more. His son is elder, sir. His son is thirty. Capulet, will you tell me that? His son was but a ward two years ago. Romeo, what lady is that which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight? Servant, I know not, sir. Romeo, oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright. It seems she hangs upon the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear. Beauty too rich for use, for earth too dear. So shows a snowy dove trooping with crows as yonder lady or her fellows shows. The measure done, I'll watch her place of stand and touching hers, make blessed my rude hand. Did my heart love till now? Forswear at sight, for I ne'er saw true beauty till this night. Tybalt, this, by his voice, should be a Montague. Fetch me my rapier, boy. What, dares the slave come hither, covered with an antic face, to flee and scorn at our solemnity? 
Now, by the stock and honor of my kin, To strike him dead I hold it not a sin. Capulet, Why, how now, kinsman, wherefore storm you so? Tybalt, Uncle, this is a Montague, our foe, A villain that is hither come in spite To scorn at our solemnity this night. Capulet, Young Romeo is it? Tybalt, Tis he, that villain, Romeo. Capulet, Content thee, gentle cuz, let him alone. He bears him like a portly gentleman. And to say truth, Verona brags of him to be a virtuous and well-governed youth. I would not for the wealth of all the town here in my house do him disparagement. Therefore be patient. Take no note of him. It is my will. The which, if thou respect, show a fair presence, and put off these frowns, an ill-beseeming assemblage for a feast. Tybalt. It fits when such a villain is a guest. I'll not endure him. Capulet. He shall be endured. What, goodman boy, I say he shall. Go to. Am I the master here, or you? Go to. You'll not endure him. God shall mend my soul. You'll make a mutiny among my guests. You'll set a cock-a-hoop. You'll be the man. Tybalt. Why, uncle, tis a shame. Capulet. Go to. Go to. You are a saucy boy. Is it so, indeed? This trick may chance to scathe you. I know what. You must contrary me. Mary, tis time. Well said, my hearts. You are a prince, Cox. Go, be quiet. Or, more light, more light. For shame, I'll make you quiet. What? Cheerly, my hearts. Tybalt, patience perforce with willful collar meeting, makes my flesh tremble in their different greeting. I will withdraw, but this intrusion shall, now seeming sweet, convert to bitter gall. Exit. Romeo to Juliet. If I profane with my unworthiest hand this holy shrine, the gentle fine is this. My lips, two blushing pilgrims, ready stand to smooth that rough touch with a tender kiss. Juliet, good pilgrim, you do wrong your hands too much, which mannerly devotion shows in this. For saints have hands that pilgrims' hands do touch, and palm to palm is holy palmer's kiss. Romeo, have not saints lips, and holy palmers too? Juliet, I pilgrim, lips that they must use in prayer. Romeo, oh then, dear saint, let lips do what hands do. They pray, grant thou, lest faith turn to despair. Juliet, saints do not move, though grant for prayer's sake. Romeo, then move not, while my prayer's effect I take. Thus from my lips, by thine my sin is purged. Kisses her. Juliet, then have my lips the sin that they have took. Romeo, sin from my lips? O oh, trespass sweetly urged, give me my sin again. Juliet, you kiss by the book. Nurse, Madam, your mother craves a word with you. Romeo, what is her mother? Nurse, Mary Bachelor, her mother, is the lady of the house, and a good lady, and a wise and virtuous. I nursed her daughter that you talked with all. I tell you, he that can lay hold of her shall have the chinks. Romeo, is she a Capulet? Oh, dear account, my life is my foe's debt. Benvolio, away, be gone, the sport is at the best. Romeo, I, so I fear, the more is my unrest. 
Capulet. Nay, gentlemen, prepare not to be gone. We have a trifling foolish banquet towards. Is it e'en so? Why, then, I thank you all. I thank you, honest gentlemen. Good night. More torches here. Come on, then. Let's to bed. Ah, sirrah, to second Capulet. By my fay, it waxes late. I'll to my rest. Exit all but Juliet and nurse. Juliet. Come hither, nurse. What is yon gentleman? Nurse. The son and heir of old Tiberio. Juliet. What's he that now is going out of door? Nurse. Mary, that I think be young Petruchio. Juliet. What's he that follows there that would not dance? Nurse. I know not. Juliet. Go ask his name. If he be married, my grave is like to be my wedding bed. Nurse. His name is Romeo and a Montague, the only son of your great enemy. Juliet. My only love sprung from my only hate, too early seen unknown and known too late. Prodigious birth of love it is to me that I must love a loathed enemy. Nurse. What's this? What's this? Juliet. A rhyme I learned even now of one I danced withal. One calls within. Juliet! Nurse. Anon, anon. Come, let's away. The strangers all are gone. Exit. Enter Chorus. Chorus. Now old desire doth in his deathbed lie, and young affection gapes to be his heir, that fair for which love groaned for and would die, with tender Juliet matched, is now not fair. Now Romeo is beloved, and loves again, alike bewitched by the charm of looks. But to his foe supposed he must complain, And she steal love's sweet bait from fearful hooks. Being held a foe he may not have access To breathe such vows as lovers used to swear. And she is much in love, her means much less To meet her new beloved anywhere. But passion lends them power, time means to meet, Tempering extremities with extreme sweet. Exit. End of scene five. End of act one.